Welcome to Rival Reviews. My name is Abir. And I'm Sam. And this is the podcast where we review, discuss, and ultimately debate our favorite... And don't forget our least favorite... Movies and television shows. Oh my god. Oh my god. Did, Are you now understanding Can you imagine the entire thing? But then I looked it up and its ratings weren't as good well, as I thought they because were. Because he's not, Batman doesn't punch him in the movie, that's why. Dancing is so creepy. It is so creepy throughout the entire movie. I'll make it very clear right now. I never want any other movie attached to this movie because it's pretty much perfect the way it is. Joker with uh, Joaquin Phoenix. What a very interesting movie. How did you find it, Sam? Uh, I had seen it in theaters, uh, which was great. Um, and I, I really liked it when I saw it in theaters. And I was, looking, I was looking forward to going back to it this time because I remember, again, liking it. And also knowing that a second watch is as good as a first watch for a movie like this because there's a lot of stuff to pay attention to this time around there's a lot of interpretation on this movie um yeah i really enjoyed the second watch as much as the first i'd say yeah i had never seen this movie before and i watched it yesterday and i'm gonna be honest like going in i was a little bit nervous because i'm not good with thrillers and like quite frankly this is a psychological thriller to a certain extent but not yeah but not scary in any way and i think knowing that this was the origin story of Joker is essentially really cool. And you knew that was going to happen. So it also removed that element of surprise and fear because you knew what was going to happen, even if you've never seen it before. Yeah, I was trying to describe this movie, I think to you at one point when we were talking about doing this and like, I had trouble finding words for it. So like, I think the easiest one I would say is that it's dark. It's not scary. It's dark, disturbing. But you know what? While I was watching this, I thought, I think I would tell someone it's uncomfortable to watch because that's how I felt while watching it. Absolutely. Yeah, I think the thing that made me really uncomfortable was how much I empathized with him. Yeah. And I think this movie was really good in my opinion and it was brilliant in its simplicity. I think we really underestimate how good a simple storyline can be. And this movie was that for me. I enjoyed the entire time, but I was definitely like picking up my phones in preparation of a horrible scene at different moments. But yeah, let's jump into it. Overall, like I said, I love this movie. I thought it was really dark and I actually found myself drawing a lot of parallels to the day and age that we live in and how we look at mental health and how we prioritize funding things. I know I'm getting very political straight away. No, that's fine. That's the movie, to be honest. That's the message. So yes. 
Yeah. So we prioritize funding things that don't necessarily help our society and definitely don't help the vulnerable in our society. The movie starts off with you just seeing thing after thing going wrong with him for absolutely no fault of his own, right? You see him as a clown, which in and of itself is scary already. It's uncomfortable. It's uncomfortable. (laughs) Uh, And then you see him get knocked out twice by kids as well. It's so tough, especially knowing that he's not doing well and seeing him like that was just so sad. It was so sad to see. They do a good job of making him sympathetic at the beginning, as he should be at the beginning, right? Because as far as we know, he's not doing any harmful things or or harboring dark, terrible thoughts. Um, As the movie goes on, that interpretation opens up more, but it's a great question of like, the circumstances he in he's in sorry uh like are those causing like is it cause and effect right like you you mentioned like he gets jumped by some kids he gets a sign stolen um he tries to get it back and then he later gets blamed for stealing the sign even though that's not what happened oh my god yeah yeah i think i'm gonna say though that realistically most mental health problems do not cause violent crimes sure. and most people with uh, with mental health issues do not react with a violent crime that's true uh, there is no excuse for violent crime or the what all the things that he did but even during the movie i was still able to move from empathy to sympathy to see the why behind the way that he is he is a product of his circumstance in saying that he didn't have to kill anyone no, I mean, and well, okay, yeah, no, he didn't. I mean, they go into it later in the movie, and I, we already talked briefly about this. We're going to kind of do this backwards. We're just going to talk about basically everything as, as, if, as if we know how it ends, because there's really no other way to talk about this movie. You can't do it scene by scene. You can't, the ending kind of like puts a whole light on the entire movie, so we're going to go go at it with that lens. But yeah, there's there's scenes later on where they recognize that he was abused as a kid, right? Like he was neglected and malnourished and and beaten and all these horrible things. So, and brain damage, I believe, is a line they use too, right? So it's like you said, a victim of circumstance. Like none of this, none of these situations have been his fault. And as far as we know, you know, he's working as a clown. He wants to bring joy and laughter and he wants to uh, take care of his mother. That's that's the setup we have for it. Yeah, that's all we have. We have setup of a guy whose mother has convinced him that his purpose is to bring joy and happiness into people's lives even though he doesn't experience any joy and happiness himself and everything that could go wrong to him sort of does go wrong Um, I think one of the scenes the first scenes that really got me was when they were watching the Sam Murray show Uh, is that his name Sam Murray Uh, something Murray Murray. just go with Murray yeah yeah yeah, the Murray show. And he imagined himself in the audience. So I think that was a bit of a psychotic thing that we saw at that moment. It's a fantasy. Which also, and also, it's a if you might just to, to add to that scene too, like there's a line at the end of that fantasy where Robert De Niro playing Murray turns to him and says, I wish I had a son like you. So very clearly outlining his, his abandonment and father issues and, and, and yeah. that need for, for love and affection and attention. Yeah. He needs that acceptance. And he says to his therapist at one point, I've never felt like I've been seen and now I am. And I think that is super powerful because people just want to belong. 
people just want to be seen yeah and no matter who you are you just want affection and love like it doesn't matter so I think that scene was essentially setting you up for the rest of the movie but that scene was so effective because for the rest of the movie until it was revealed that he was sort of imagining uh you know his relationship with the next door neighbor I was questioning whether he was imagining things or not. So I thought that was really, really effective in setting you up to start doubting what's happening in the movie. Yeah. So there's a I, there's a lot of theories around how uh, basically what's real in this movie and what's not. Like obviously the relationship with the apartment neighbor is not real. We know that. Um, that's that's yeah. revealed during the movie. And it's also like kind of obvious as you're watching it, like they do enough that, yeah, okay. If you're not really paying attention, like, yeah, you're going to get surprised by it. But like, there's, there's a few obvious tells, like when they first, when she first shows up at his door, like she says his name, but she wouldn't know his name. Yeah. All his, all his like dates with her never include the kid. Like the kid is nowhere to be seen in his fantasy of being with her, which is interesting. Yeah. There's a lot of stuff like that that makes it obvious, but yeah there's it's so tough to I, I still struggle with what I how I think this movie is like I mean how it I don't want to say how it ends but what's real there's a scene when he's you mentioned the social worker he's talking to there's a scene very very briefly it's like five seconds long he's talking to this social worker and she references him being in an institution previously Arkham Institution yeah and it cuts yeah. to him and he's in a padded uh, cell and he's hitting his head on the door for like three seconds and that's gone that's the only time you see this institution outside of later when he visits it to find records of his mother oh my god <laughs> oh my are you now god. understanding it <laughs> did he imagine the entire thing that's my take on the movie oh my god because he murders or hurts the woman at the end and he's in the same white outfit oh my god and also you're listening to me stop putting things (laughs) yes i deliberately didn't have this conversation with a beer before this because i wanted to have more of a talk about what's real now there are there right now there are people that are like no that's not it that's not what it is and that's fine some people believe uh only the the uh girlfriend part was fake or, or not real um some people believe that there are just certain scenes, like every time he hurts someone, it's not real. I think it's, um, or every time somebody gives him affection, it's not real. I've read a lot of these online because I was so interested in like what, what other people thought, because even I was like, man, is that the ending? You know, him getting hoisted up on the car at the end is like kind of what? Uh, him bringing a gun, him even, even being booked on that Tonight Show is kind of ridiculous. Even the clip Murray plays isn't a very good clip. Like there's so many things where you're like, you know, okay, I'll buy it because the movie's working. But then in hindsight, you're like, oh, I don't think any of this was really happening. That's why it doesn't make sense. Like, that's intentional. Yeah, I am in a little bit of shock right now <laughs> because I didn't put two and two together. And I'm inclined to believe that he was imagining the entire thing. And the reason that I'm inclined to believe that, even though I've just come to that realization <laughs> right now, is because the movie doesn't make a lot of sense and in regards to his relationship and it's so, so well written and acted that it's, it's, it's so deliberate so I guess well is a good written. way to put it right so it's so intentional yeah and I think that's what I love about it from yeah. the first moment that he goes into sort of a fantasy you are questioning yeah. whether the entire movie yeah. is him imagining it or not and I'm inclined to believe that the entire movie is him imagining this whole scenario 
what I, and I, I'm happy to have my mind changed. Oh yeah, me but too. I yeah. cannot disagree with the fact that he acted, Joaquin Phoenix played oh my the Joker God. so well. It's like so incredibly we, well. We had a great conversation when we did Suicide Squad about the different Jokers. And we said, you know, like you should have a different Joker. Like you do something different. You know, you, you can't be Heath Ledger. You can't be Jack Nicholson. You can't be whoever is your favorite Joker. Absolutely this is like nothing like those characters and that's why it's obviously grounded and realistic is the point but like that's why it just works so well it's such a joker yeah. is such an interesting character because on paper there should only be one way to play him until you've seen so many great actors play him different ways that you're just like oh wow like talk about bringing your own yeah. your own craft to a, a character and i think this is a character that has really shown the difference between true actors yeah, and those posing to be yeah. actors because Jack Nicholson, Heath Ledger and Joaquin Phoenix are incredible jokers. Yep. Every single one of them has been able to play it so differently. The fear that I felt watching Heath Ledger as the Joker yeah. is ridiculous. But then the I never thought I would be able to empathize with the Joker after watching yeah. um, him in The Dark Knight. And then you see him in Joker and you're just like, oh, God damn, I really empathize with him. Something does stand out to me, which I think is the reason that I think the whole thing is imagination or like a breakdown. Thomas Wayne is a bad guy in this film. Yeah, that's part of it, too. So obviously, like the whole father figure aspect there, and he plays into that fantasy of, well, maybe this billionaire is my father figure, maybe. And it's. It's funny because the whole, the undertone of that movie is there's a, a few scenes in like the first half where they're just a small reference somewhere that, oh, Thomas Wayne might run for mayor and he'll clean up this yeah. city. It's very savior-like. And so in his fantasy, that's what he's projecting. He's like, oh, well, this this figure that everybody's building up is somebody that will, that could be my father. Like what a great father that would be. And then when they hit the point where he runs for mayor and he goes and, and meets somebody he's nothing like. He thought he was. I mean, granted, Joker assaulted his son, basically, and assaulted his yeah. Alfred. But yeah, like it's uh, Thomas Wayne is interesting in this. I actually like, um, like even if like, you know, the director turns around and says, nope, it's all real. Like, I think the take on Thomas Wayne is interesting in this movie. I think that's very different. Yes. And, very, and do, so the one part I am still slightly confused, but it's not in a bad way, just because I think it's interesting. But like the whole adoption, like they kind of reveal that Thomas Wayne did have a relationship with his mother and he actually was adopted and there's also a did you catch the photo at the end before he goes on the talk show of his mother and tom or just his mother i believe yeah there was something there where it was signed by thomas Wayne. right so like that would prove that theory of of that relationship happening and him really being adopted or not being adopted sorry him uh being the son of, of thomas and his mother but yeah it's it's yeah. i yeah i think I'm inclined to believe he's adopted. I'm also inclined to believe that she may have had a relationship with Thomas Wayne, but I do think that it surpassed reality with her as well. Okay. Yeah. I think that there's a possibility that she did have a relationship with him and he was adopted, but she did end up, you know, going down this path. And the reason that I believe that is because his file does say that she was not doing so well. It also upends the entirety of the relationship between Bruce and the Joker. We'll get to a certain scene later, but 
I think uh, that's in the ending that I want to talk about, but I don't, I don't want to talk about that yet. Yeah, I agree. I, I like, I, when I was first watched this, I was like, oh no, they're going to bring Batman in already, like young Batman. But I think they handled that part well. Yeah, it does upend that. I, and it's funny how Alfred recognizes him right away, though, once he says his name. So that's why I'm also inclined for him to know about this relationship and this son that happened. But also, like, if you think about her writing all of these letters to him, it's hard not That's to That's true. Know. Yeah, good point. And it seems like she has this uh, trend of psychosis in some place or mental health issues. I don't want to use psychosis lightly. Yeah. Where it's led to where she is right now. And it's really hard to forget someone who acted out like that. Yeah, that's fair. But if you're looking at the movie in the light of it's all made up, everything's made up, like he's imagining all of it. It's a, it's a fantasy in his mind. Like, I don't, I can't really go down the route of the adoption being the real story, because why would he fantasize about that? And if he, if I'm trying to think of like his, his interactions with Thomas Wayne and Alfred and stuff, and like, they're very much rejection based, right? Like he always projects rejection from people, except for, I guess, the neighbor, which probably says some other part of his brain. I don't know. It's very, it's confusing in like the right way, which is what I like about it. It's very challenging to think about. So funny because watching it, I wasn't as confused as I am right now. That's the thing. Well, because at the end, I feel like it just uproots everything you thought you knew. Again, it's a very intentionally written movie. Like there's no way to accidentally make this. I feel like this movie is so brilliant. Yes. Like I genuinely think it's so well written. It's so well acted. It leaves you with questions but then I looked it up and its ratings weren't well, there's, as because good he's as not I Batman doesn't punch him in the movie. That's why. You know what I mean? Like it's part of this movie is what makes it so interesting is if it, it reminds me of Deadpool in the opposite way. You go to see Deadpool the first time and you're like, this is very anti, not anti, you know, well, it's kind of anti superhero. It's very different. It's you're not going to get Captain America giving a big speech. You're going to get Deadpool killing people and making jokes about it, like, oh, brutally and making jokes about Which it. Which was great. It was awesome. Like, that's exactly what it needed as a refreshment. Now, this is the opposite of all of that. This is painting the light on luck. This is not a fun This shouldn't be a happy, fun time. Like, like people, villains, good guys, whatever. Like every time he kills someone in this movie, it is horrible. Like you don't, the Wall Street guys, the, thank God it's off screen, but his girlfriend and who knows with the daughter. Wait, he killed her? Oh yeah. Yeah. So there's for what sure. What do you mean he killed so, her? Remember when he's sitting on the couch and she's like, who are you? Yeah. And that's like the reveal. Okay. Can we just talk about how terrifying that scene yep. was? So I'm going to scare you even more by telling you how this plays out. So he's sitting on the couch. Then she walks in and says, who are you? My daughter's in the other room. Like, please leave. And she's like so nice about it too. Like in that, as she could be, she's like, can I call someone? Like, is your mom home? Like, I mean, yeah, it's, it's really sad, but like he kind of turns to her and makes that, you know, that shooting in the head motion, which is like, I I don't really know where he says he's had a rough day. Yeah. Yeah. He's had a really bad day. That's right. And he turns to her and that's kind of where it cuts away. And then the next scene is when he's like laughing hysterically on his couch. Now, there's two things about that. Every time he goes into his laughing condition in this movie, which, by the way, his laugh is so good. It is unreal. It's terrifying. Also, you know that condition is real, right? Right. Do you know what the name of it is? I don't. I, I, APB? I can't remember. No, okay. I don't think it's Well, we'll APB. just highlight that we don't but know it's it. definitely, but... yeah, yeah, but it's a real condition. Yeah. So, yeah. so whenever he does, and I don't know what the triggers are, if if there are any in real life, but in this, it's it's... Every I watched it, I paid attention this time when I watched it. It's all based around uh nervousness for him. It's whenever he's pseudo bulba effect. Pseudo bulba. Okay, so P 
PBE? Is that PBA? PBA. PBA sorry. Okay. Yeah. Um, so I got it wrong. I said APB. <laughs> that's an all police bulletin, I believe. That's very different. Yeah, I know. I just read the other way around. Yeah. So yeah, the uh, condition in the movie, at least, like it's he does it every time he's he's anxious or nervous. Um, it happens every time if you're paying attention to it. So he's laughing on the couch because he's really anxious about what just happened. Plus. While he's sitting on the couch, you hear sirens start up in the background, signifying that they're coming because of whatever happened in the apartment. I don't want to believe that. And this is another thing. Why I'm going to take you down another path here, if you're ready for it. Yeah. Well, this is why another Oof. another reason why I don't think it's. Well, what do you think happened? He just left. <laughs> yeah. I don't, yeah, he ran out. Maybe I don't think so, but maybe. So he. The other reason I think it's not real is because. The detectives are so bad. Like they're just, they're never, they can never be in the right. They're like, oh, we stopped by and left. Like they know this guy did it. They're very, or they're at least very much like he's a person of interest yeah. for sure. And then, oh my God, he's probably a suspect. Yeah, right, guy, right. A person of interest. Right. Yeah. So, like he, so every time they go to like deal with, like talk to him, he's not home, he's not at work, he's not wherever. They just missed him. They let him know. Like it's very if you're if you're gonna paint your own fantasy about doing what you want to do and the cops never quite catching you, this is it, right? And then and then they yeah. chase him through the crowd later on the train, and then it, the the clowns rise up to get the police and and save him. And like it's very fantasy esque, right? Like oh yeah, very. I just did a quick Google search and apparently the director said that he didn't kill his neighbor. And that makes me feel okay. A lot All right. Better. I'm wrong then. It's uh, I'm the, sorry. I just, no, that's I fine. Just the, not, I didn't feel good about it. <laughs> I didn't either. The, um, the sirens in the background to me were always like the signal of like, oh, okay. Like that should right. be. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. No, that's very fair. Honestly, I didn't even pick up on that. I just thought he ran out. She was so calm though, like unbelievably calm and so nice in telling him, like you said, like to leave. But yeah, I'm I'm still in shock, like in this entire movie. But you're absolutely right about the cops. They were terrible. They were terrible. But then again, all cops in Gotham City are like well, that's that and that's a thing. Like in, in his version, and there's actually um this is kind of an aside, but just like a, a comment on Gotham City. There's a part where Thomas Wayne is on the news i believe and he's talking about uh the him killing the people in the subway and he had the mask on yeah and he makes a couple comments i think one of them is what kind of coward hides behind a mask and i thought that was great foreshadowing oh, for that Batman, was a, right yeah yeah that was great foreshadowing but it also sort of like plays out in the rest of the movie as well so in that moment, I thought about Batman, not thinking that the rest of the movie will have like a lot of masks and him hiding behind it, even though that is the nature of the Joker. Yeah, very true. Yeah. This movie is a lot to process and I'm really glad it is. I'm just also really happy that they cleared up that she didn't die. Because I <laughs> didn't I'm wrong. want her to die. I wanted, <laughs> no, because I just wanted one good thing. Like I just yeah. wanted yeah. one well, good hey, thing. Well, hey, like, his friend, yeah. his friend at the... um. He didn't kill his friend. Remember, he killed the one guy that gave him the gun. Yeah, yeah, because he he only kills people. Or so far, what we've seen in the film is he's killed people that do something wrong to him. But that doesn't align with what happens at the end, which right. is it seems like he's killed the psychologist. Yeah, which is why I think that the entire movie is 
him imagining it's a hero fantasy yeah yeah Yeah. it's a hero fantasy him saying i'm only killing people that uh did me wrong uh trying to justify survive yeah Yeah, it's it's a mental survival well it's an excuse yeah exactly that right it's like if i if i fantasize this story where i'm the victim in all these situations well then it's fine if i do these things that i want to do right so like yeah that's that's the terrifying thing about this movie is like that's that exists right and like yeah and and you know the um wall street dudes were like kicking his ass yeah so you can see to a certain extent if he stopped after like the first shot it would be self-defense but he didn't he oh right that guy yeah. down well, it's justified he now hunted right him like down. that's yeah point. yeah yeah and then the way he killed the other clown who said that he was trying to buy the um gun off of him yeah that was horrific and that again points to me that he is imagining everything because he gave a reason as to why he killed that clown and building on that do you think the whole background of gotham being this terrible place that's getting worse and even his clown friends were like oh they're animals out there like they're just you got to fight back we'll take everything do you think that's all just background to like build up that excuse in his mind like if he's fantasizing about all this he's fantasizing essentially about all these people and the news and the media talking about what a horrible city these people are are horrible when they do things to you they're just bad terrible people and you're the victim like this seems like the whole world is built around that in his mind so when thomas wayne gets what he gets later on in the movie like that's justified like that's something that he's built up over the course of this movie as something that should happen to him yeah that's a really interesting take. I'm thinking about this as I talk. Yeah, so don't take it. that's fine. Yeah. I feel like we know enough about Gotham to know that it's not essentially the best place. But we do know that villains like the Joker make it worse. Um, what we also know is that Thomas Wayne tried to bring a lot of good things and good infrastructure to Gotham City. So I, I don't know the answer to this. I do think that it was probably exaggerated in his flashbacks so that Mm, he can be painted as doing something for the moral good. Like, quite frankly, put all his killings aside, which are horrible, but in a movement where you've got the elite and such a class divide, where the elite are the elite and everyone else is trying to survive, they need a hero or they need a figurehead to take them on. So I can see how him painting himself as the victim and then painting himself as the only one who's going to be able to stand up to these elites, uh, even despite the bad shit that he does, is sort of a narrative that he's created. Like, I can see that. And that, I would say, he's exaggerated the badness of Gotham, but I think Gotham is bad anyway, which is why it needs, yeah. Yeah, that's a great way to put it. I think, um, I'm thinking about like the director and the writer and stuff, and I I feel like they're playing on our understanding of Gotham. They know, everyone knows Batman. We know the story already, right? So like- Oh yeah, yeah. So we- it's i almost feel like they're they're relying on that they're like well people know gotham this isn't going to feel out of the ordinary until they rewatch the movie and start thinking about what this all means in the head of somebody else and i think that's yeah that's the part that's really yes. interesting about it I, I i still keep going back to this movie was brilliant and i don't think i have even understood a fraction of its brilliance yet because i only saw it for the first time last night um yeah i just can we just talk about 
the hilarious scene. I was waiting for this scene because I knew the memes oh, the had dancing. come from the scene where he's <laughs> running down the stairs and dancing. The dancing is so creepy. It's so It is weird. so creepy. Throughout the entire movie, when he starts dancing at the most inopportune times or inappropriate times. Yes. It's so creepy. I, so creepy. I wrote down after the subway scene, he runs into a bathroom somewhere and he starts, uh, sorry, the subway scene of him killing the, the Wall Street guys. And he starts dancing very like, you know, almost ballet like. And I mean, I was just sitting there like, even on a rewatch, I'm like, I don't get the dancing still. Like, I don't get that. And like, that's not a criticism of the movie. I'm, I'm just, I just don't get it. And I think that's interesting. It gives me something to think about and something to like talk more about with people. But yeah, like there's, but it didn't feel out of place, I guess is the point. Like, that's the interesting part about it where, I mean, that's, yeah. that's all Joaquin Phoenix though. I mean, I can't yeah. imagine there's so many actors I would just look goofy with, or they just couldn't really pull it off, but. God damn, he pulled it off. Can we talk about the parallels between the uh, therapist at the end and the therapist throughout? Both black women, both smokers, right. I believe. Um, That's another. I don't. Are they both? I smokers? don't know if they were either smoking. You might just be thinking because he was smoking in both scenes. He was smoking. That's right. Wow. But brain. black women with uh, short hair, I believe, was was like black it's women, definitely a type, hair. right? And like, yeah, both with both as like therapists or Very clinical counselor. yeah and like Very i clinical. think that that to me adds ammo of course to none of it happening because if you think about his scene at the end where he's sitting with with that woman and then the what two two times i think in the movie he's sitting with another woman um in this i'm gonna call it his fantasy at that point it's that's the point it's like it's really and he even says at the end or not at the end sorry he says in this the last counseling session with the woman in the, in the actual the social worker he says you know you're not listening to me. You just ask quite the same questions, but you never really listen to me. And that made me feel like he's talking to the person in the institution. He's not talking to her. This is just one of those conversations. And he's referencing all of his conversations with that woman. Yes. In the institution. And that's how he's justified her killing. She never listened to him. She um, just never showed up, asked him the same questions. And so in his mind, it must've been justified. Damn. And she's not remember Listen. remember like they pull the funding and she has to leave and he can't get his medication like I think he can't get his medication I believe those yeah he can't get his medication so, yeah so that's all an excuse like we just talked about right like those are all oh he's the victim he's not getting the help he needs which in real life yes but in his fantasy of this it's another excuse for him to do what he's doing right but this doesn't mean none of this actually happened and we didn't see it prior to him so being that's in the institution the most interesting part about this movie is i have never asked for a prequel in my life but i would love to know how he got there right and i mean i i'll make it very clear right now i never want any other movie attached to this movie because it's pretty much perfect the way it is yeah it's perfect yeah you know so yeah like just don't touch it you've done a great job you've made a movie that people like us can sit here and analyze and talk about and really enjoy forever probably if you don't touch it or or comment on it but that's that's the question it's like how did he get there how much of this is like you said exaggerated from things that may have happened like maybe versions of this did happen that's another great theory i, I did look into that people were talking about was like this might just be an unreliable narrator story like he he's he's really just revisiting stuff that happened before using the institute but with his version of it i think that's an absolutely interesting, yeah like that's that's believable as right. well because he if if that is 
the the path we want to go down, which I also think is almost as believable yep, as, as imagining the entire thing. If we want to go down that path, it sort of highlights that he it just follows his brain. You like when you when he talks and when he interacts, you can see that he's not doing so well. So you're basically in his mind in this movie, either going back and forth between memories and then an imagination. So maybe it's a bit of both. Maybe some of this stuff has happened, but we're looking back as him imagining it or trying to paint it with a better yes, picture. Right, better life. right. Did you notice in this movie that he is in every single scene? There is not a single scene in this movie that he is not in. Yeah, yeah. The entire thing is, is about him, which then gives more credibility right. to the fact that this is a, a, him imagining it right. or him telling the story. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think both those are very reasonable. You can you can have a yeah. great debate over either one. I don't think either person would be right or wrong. Yeah. I, I think it's super interesting, though. It's just like that to me is also like obviously intentional because I was thinking about the scene where um he shows up and his and his uh, mother is in, on the stretcher and she's had a a stroke. A stroke. Um, yeah. And the detectives are there and they said, oh, we were questioning her and she got hysterical or something like that. I'm like, why aren't we seeing that scene? Right. Like that's an important scene. If you're, if you're writing and directing a movie, that's an important scene to show your viewers, but intentionally. And we still don't really know what happened. Right. So that's very, because it, but here's the thing, it doesn't matter. Right. So it doesn't matter to him what happened. The point is she has to be in the hospital so he can go do that thing with the, at the adoption or at the institution. And then he can come back and kill her. That's, that's like everything. Again, like when he's uh, having his fantasies about uh, the girl in the apartment, right? Like I think I mentioned this already, but the daughter's nowhere to be seen. Like in any of those fantasies, she, she's not even in the equation. He doesn't think about her because she's not any kind of focus for him. So all these things are just happening in a way that so he can get. It's almost like watching a movie with terrible writing where they're just like a scene happens and you're like, why did like there's no background? Why would it happen this way? But they just need to get to the next scene, except it's all very intentional because it's in his brain. That's all he wants it to do is get to the next yeah. part in his story. And he's probably trying to portray in his story that he has a code that he lives by. He only kills people who did him wrong. And his mom did him wrong. Well, also the cops just did him wrong now because they are at fault for his mother having a stroke don't oh, don't forget yeah. don't forget right before that scene he is when he discovers the letter explaining that he's the adopt or not the adopted sorry the actual son of thomas wayne or, or that's what his mother believes and then we see a scene where he's yelling at his mother and she's hiding in the bathroom essentially and she's like i won't come out till you calm down and that's all we see of her that's the last time we see her before she's in that stretch probably when she had the stroke what happened between him leaving and then him coming back later and them finding like did he just write a narrative where the detectives did that? Not him. Right. Like we don't know. Like that's, that's kind of the point. There's no scene there to show what really happened. And that seems very intentional. Also, can we talk about the scene on the subway where he's running away from the detectives and the detective shoots a clown? Yeah. That seemed so wrong. It seemed so wrong and just so out of character for what you feel like these detectives are doing. Also. Yeah. And like we were talking about like the detectives not being very good. He runs into the subway with a very unique 
clothing style. Like he's got like a red jacket. It's like I, I was watching it, I was paying attention, and like it's so obvious it's him. Like and and the detectives walking by, like lifting up masks of people in like jean jackets and like gray coats, like nobody that looks like him whatsoever in their attire. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, no, a detective would notice the very bright red suit he has and look for that first, not the identical clown masks. Oh God. And he justified killing Murray because Murray made fun of him by putting up a clip of his stand-up, which was, you know, horrible, but that's his justification. Oh, that's yeah. And will he also bring him on the show? Right. Like, like he, he even says, you just brought me on here to make fun of me like everybody else. And like I said earlier, in what world does a talk show host see just an amateur person bombing on a mic set like it happens a million times a day why would that be a entertainment for anybody really like why would you put that on late night and get even if you did you wouldn't bring that person on like that there's no, no there's no follow-up they usually story. only bring people who have made an impact and people want to see them there uh, even his producer is like, I don't know if the audience is going to stick with this person past a few minutes. And he's like, oh, trust me, trust me. And it's like, I don't think, why would he care? There's even that part where he says, can you introduce me as Joker? That's what you called me before. And it's like, he did, but that's not really a name. Like, why? Like, like there's very, it's very like, not, it's interesting. Yeah. It's, like, it's a very, we- if you were watching a real superhero movie and someone said, call me Captain America, I heard it somewhere. You'd be like, oh cringe like you like that's so bad it's actually like the first yeah but you don't you don't cringe at it here because of his mental health condition right um also you're very you're very tense you don't know what he's planning or what's going to happen so you're just like yeah oh that doesn't make it any better yeah the whole scene on the talk show was really incredible from start to end from him getting ready for it pretending how like how he's going to come out and present himself, how he's going to shake hands. Well, th- and then another him- part to add to that is just like, yeah, he does the whole, like he, he pretends like he watches a video of another person coming out and doing an introduction as he walks on stage and he's mimicking that. But when he does it, like the confidence, he's so overconfident. He's like spinning and he kisses that the doctor lady, I believe that's next to oh him. My and God, like, yeah. like and it's so like over the top. No, not at all. It's like, so yeah over the top and i know that's to also represent like oh well like look how he's seen now and how confident he is now but that's all in his mind like that's the scary part of it wow it very quickly flipped for me it very quickly flipped from oh i think this is like his origin story and how you know the next thing we're gonna see is him taking on batman to holy shit he just imagined this entire thing you know i just had a thought that i hadn't thought about before so let's we can kind of talk about the ending a little bit too. Uh, so at the end, after he shoots Murray, he's immediately in custody. We don't see how that happens. It's pretty obvious it would happen. Also, how did he get a gun in there? That's the other question too. That doesn't make any sense. I was wondering that the entire time, but then I was like, we don't know when this is, so maybe they didn't have scanners. Sure, or but you have security. About, but Gotham, yeah, but Gotham is in such a bad place. Like, why wouldn't right. they? And he's like not vetted at all. They? Like, he's just some guy that they just made fun of. Like, yeah, you would probably check, right? But yeah, that's kind of the point, though. Then he's suddenly arrested. He's in the back of a cop car. Cop car gets in an accident. You know, he's raised up by all the all the the clown riders. And during this scene is when we see one of the clown riders go down the alley because Thomas Wayne, his wife, and young Bruce Wayne are, are trying to get out of all the chaos. Yeah, that's the only scene we don't see him in. That is true. 
that is a good point. Although he's part of the riot. That's a good point. Yeah. So he, um, you know, very, very same origin story everywhere else. And clown guy kills him. He uses the same line Joker uses, which is you get what you deserve, I believe. I think that's the line. And so he kills Bruce Wayne's father, Thomas, and his mother. And the last shot you see of them is them dead in the alley and Bruce Wayne standing there, an orphan. My thought is, yeah. I hadn't thought of this before, is that's essentially where his fantasy ends, is he's now made Bruce Wayne an orphan, the same as him, which makes me more inclined to believe he is an orphan. And you're right. And that's in, in, in the real world of the institution. His whole fantasy is building up to that. To making Bruce Wayne an orphan as well. Right. Obviously, Batman's right. best in him at some point. That's why he's in the institution. Maybe. I don't know. Possibly. Maybe, yeah. And like maybe yeah. that's what this is. This is what happens when he's in Arkham Asylum. I think they call it Arkham Institution. And this is his story after that. This is what he has to fantasize about, like how he got back at lends credence to maybe some of it is real. And this is just his version of how that all went down. Like, it's so hard, right? There's very, very few movies I walk away from with so many questions. Yeah, still enjoy. <laughs> normally we're like, oh my God, they didn't tell us anything. <laughs> yeah, I think uh, we just did yeah. that with Force Awakens. That also sort of gives him, if he continually believes that either Thomas Wayne was his father or Thomas Wayne wronged him and Bruce benefited from everything, that also yes. gives him another reason yeah. as to why he hates Batman, not just... Not just the fact that he is the Joker, but he's giving himself another reason as to why he's, you know, arch nemesis is Batman. Yeah. Yeah. And I actually like if again, if you took all of the, you know, potential um, angle of, of it all being made up, like let's say this is a real story and that's the way they went with it. I still like this as an origin story. I think like you'd have to rework it to make more sense that way, but that's not what this movie is. I'm quite yeah. certain. So, but I do, I like the idea that indirectly, he's involved for that with 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 the death of of Christmas. yeah i like that too i like that too i think honestly a lot of the questions are answered with the simplicity of he imagined the entire thing and has drawn from memories and trying to show that he lives by a certain code and only kills people who've wronged him which then also ties into the fact that he probably didn't kill his neighbor because she never wronged him, really. It's a nice little neat little bow, and it's very rare that movies have that, but um, I'm inclined to like that. I wonder I if that. the most important scenes in this movie, like the only technically relevant scenes are him and the social worker. You know what I mean? Like if... if Oh my God, when he says, I've never been happy a moment in my life, yeah. I like my heart yeah. broke. But if you, if you just put... The two scenes with the social worker and the scene at the end all together, is that the reality? Is that like, can you link those two scenes back to what could be happening in real life and the rest of it is just fantasy? Like, if you're trying to understand like where he is in, in reality, right? Like, if, like, where's this Joker? That seems to be the only way to really have any kind of reliability on that. Something that weirded me out throughout the entire movie was why would someone with so many issues be let out of an institution well the other thing too is at the very end it's like why would you if he has done all these things in what world do you leave him alone in a room with a woman with like nobody with, there yeah. and no restraint he had handcuffs that's it like that doesn't make any sense with the door unlocked and yeah oh I, man, <laughs> you're like I'm tripping out so now you're right, right yeah. now 
I'm tripping out and I'm not yeah. even on any substances. Yeah. It's 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 a thinker, man. That's why we're like, you know, it's um I really like this movie. I love that I I am so happy we watched it. Like I know I'm gushing about it, but I'm I'm so I was shocked when you said you hadn't seen it. And that's why I was like, we should really watch this pretty much immediately because I Oh, I absolutely loved it. I thought it was awesome. The two things that kept popping up into my head throughout the movie was this is incredible writing. This movie has been written so well. Yes. And the second thing was Joaquin Phoenix is a great actor. Yeah. Holy hell, he's a great actor. Did he get um did he get an Oscar for this? If he did, I hope so. I don't really watch the awards. Yeah, I don't watch them either, but I'm always happy to when I do hear somebody does that deserves it gets it. But yeah, because he does deserve an award for that movie for sure. Yeah, the wildest thing to me, and I'm not familiar enough with his resume, but this is the director of The Hangover. What? Yeah, maybe we should and check the that first before I can. Hangover is really that. good. Hold on, let me have a look. Todd Phillips, right? Yep. Yeah, so this is the director of The Hangover. So this guy made. A wild, kooky comedy he did movie. Win. Oh, and then, oh, so he did win the the Oscar. He won his Academy. He won an Academy Award for Best Actor. He won a BAFTA um, and Best Actor in a Leading Role, a Golden Globe. Yep. So Todd yeah, Todd Phillips did yeah. The Hangover. Well, you know, I don't know if he did one, two, and three, but did that at least, and then went and did a movie like this, which I, cannot be the more opposite of The Hangover, as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, but when you think about someone who's a great writer, that doesn't surprise me. Like if you have a, if you're a good writer, you have the ability to flex your skills in different settings. You know, while Quentin Tarantino has got a very, he's not a writer, he's a director, but like he's got a very specific way. His movies range. I'm pretty sure Quentin Tarantino like, is a writer too. I think he writes all his yeah. movies. They range in topics. Yes. And, yeah. You know, I've only seen like three, mm-hmm. but even in those three that I've seen in probably the last five years, by the way, yeah. um, is the fact that they are very different, but very similar in that like there's the a way style that to them, filmed, right? Yeah. Yeah. There's a style, but the writing is always great. And the theme of the film is always very different. Yes. Yeah. 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 Oh, definitely. I haven't seen everything he's done. I think I missed the last couple, but yeah, I just think the talent involved in this movie just can't be like underscored, you know what I mean? Or should be underscored. But um, yeah, I, I have two problems with this movie though. Tell me them. One is I can't find a problem with it. And then the second problem <laughs> I have with it is I don't have an answer for a worse scene in this movie. I can't think of one. I, I thought I had one, which was going to be the alley scene at the end, because I thought, Oh, we don't need to see this. We get it. I thought it was like tacked on to be like, don't forget Batman. This is how it comes. But as we were talking, like I said, I'm like, no, I think this is actually a direct, this is a like a, a bookend almost to say, nope, this is this was the entire point of this fantasy to get Bruce Wayne where yeah. he is. There wasn't one part of the movie where I wasn't into it and yeah. where I wasn't fully absorbed in it. I would say the worst scenes for me were the horrific kills, to be quite honest. Like it's not necessarily a bad scene. Right. It's just the worst scene for me. Very uncomfortable. But it's supposed I, to be. I, so, struggled, yeah. I struggled to pinpoint the best scene, though, because I loved so much of this film. I think, you know, the way they portrayed him as weak and, you know, the the hump on his back or his posture, the, the thinness that there was mm-hmm. to him, which was also... It's like a frailty, like right? He, yeah. Yeah, the frailty, it was just so well done 
I think I have to say that my favorite parts of this movie was just, I think, you know, my favorite scene was going to be him going down that stairs and going onto the <laughs> show. And then even in the dressing room where he writes something like, um, put on a happy yes, face or right, something. Yeah. I thought that was really, really cool. And I also really liked the part at the end. It was creepy as hell, but when he got the blood and he made the smile, I thought that was brilliant. Yeah, that could have been extremely cringy. And like it's it's it hits, yeah, they build it up just right. I'm I'm very similar. It's hard to pick any one scene. I think where I'd compliment the movie is probably the scene with Murray at the end, like the whole talk show scene. But but that's a little bit of a cheat because I think it's it's because they did such a good job working up to that that that's it's not like a standout in the middle of a movie. It's just like Yep, your climax in the movie hit home perfectly. Like you really nailed it. So I think I would yeah. just pick that as like, yep, like this is exactly how this should have went. Like this is so good. Yeah. You know, the thing I think that really surprised me was the time they took to build the story, which was, you know, this this film was what, 2019? It wasn't too long ago. Yeah. And it's at the same time as the rest of these DC movies are oh. popping up where they're rushing storylines. Yeah. This they took their time. They told a story so well. Is this the reason that people or the critics gave it a six and a half out of 10? Because to me, it's a lot closer. Is it really a six 10. and a half out of 10? I think Metacritic gave it like a 6.9 or something. And I'm just like, insane. I'm going to double check it. Like, I can't remember because I looked up the um, reviews last night and I was surprised by how they weren't as good as I thought they would be. This is just a great example of why review scores don't mean anything. It's more just like have a conversation, see if you like it. Yeah, you're right. 68% on Rotten Tomatoes. Wow. I think. Yeah. Wow. Oh, the audience. Really? Critics didn't like it. I wonder if that's more um, a misunderstanding of it. And I'm not saying like, oh, we understood it. We're so smart. I mean, like the mental health aspect might have just like hit people differently. Yeah. Mental health is something that like, to be honest, mental health isn't done very well in a lot of movies. No. But it was done so well in this movie because you didn't dislike him. You made excuses for him. But you also didn't like him. That's the best part. Like, like there's you're not. Yeah, he's not a he's not like a fun joker. (laughs) You know what I mean? No, but also I felt the entire time the weight of his history turning him into who he is, and I, I all I could think was he just needed some help. He just needed help. He needed people to like, and society to invest in him. And I walked away from that movie being like, we can never not support the vulnerable in our society. Mm -hmm. We can never, not not because of what they could potentially turn into, but because they're just vulnerable. Like they're just vulnerable. And like none of, very rarely does anyone do horrible things with mental health, but I think they portrayed it really, really well. We do just have to say, it's very rare that mental health leads to violence. Yeah, I agree. I think there's a really good balance. It's just kind of nailed it already. Like he's unlikable and likable at the same time. And that's that's the sad, it's the sad clown of it all, right? Like it's- Yeah, that's the brilliance in the acting. Yes. It, it could be very easy. Well, you can get Jared Leto in this role and this movie yeah. a little yeah. pun intended, a joke. And you just like, don't even want to deal with it. Absolutely, Right. But the acting here is done so well that you balance your empathy and dislike for him very well. 
I can't imagine many other actors, like I cannot imagine Jared Leto being able to tell this story this well. Yeah, and I don't know the order of events. I do know the director, Todd Phillips, I believe, pitched this to DC. I don't know why they said yes. I'm so glad they did. Yeah. And so I don't know what, if Joaquin Phoenix was on board already, like how, you know what I mean? If, if he was like, I don't think so, though. I think if I remember right. Is he a method actor? Oh, yeah. He did like a weird. Um... Oh, for his mockumentary. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. It yeah. was very odd because you knew it was. Everyone was like, what yeah. is going on right. with Joaquin Phoenix? Right. Yeah. Uh, the commitment was real, though, right? So like he's obviously a very good actor. But um, yeah, I don't know. It's I don't know how this came to be um, exactly. But it's wild to me that you get a movie like this and. You're right. I don't know why the critic scores aren't higher. I really don't. Maybe those critics have rewatched it and changed their opinion. It's kind of too late now. Who knows? Yeah, but then again, I think Revenge of the Sith is a great movie and the critics don't. Well, my point was going to be that like the, the, DC, the DC is just remaking the same schlock, right? Like it's a guy, here's the Snyder cut. It's just more of the same guys. Like it's just, and don't get me wrong. I love superhero movies. Obviously we talked about them. I'm a fan, but it's, it's take a chance like this and take a chance on Deadpool and look like those are very different movies too. And they're very unique. And I look forward to a Deadpool movie because it's not like the other movies I still enjoy watching. It's just, it's a different flavor of it all. Right. And that's what this yeah. is. And and I don't need every Captain America or Avengers movie to make me have to like sit here with you for an hour to talk about like, what did it all mean? Did it really happen? Do you think no. this is connected? No, I like watching a movie being like, oh, wasn't it great when he threw his shield and hit that guy off a bike? Like, that's all I need from those. But yeah, yeah, it's, it's, I hope we get more chances like this. I think WandaVision was a chance for Marvel. That was good. Um, oh, yeah. I think they're doing something similar with Falcon and Winter Soldier because that in the last few episodes. I have not caught up, brilliant. to be honest. So I need to catch up. Okay. I've been slow with it because the first few episodes. Didn't yeah, get they didn't me, get but me. Then either. episode four episode four okay. god damn yeah yeah i don't know what else to say about this might be a shorter one because what else do we talk about i i just don't think we can do it like any other episodes and i really don't think anyone can understand the brilliance of this movie without watching it yep. and you know i went in thinking this was going to be another boring dc movie because i i really don't remember anything about the time that it came out I just remember the meme I really just remember the meme but I think you're going to start to notice that there's a lot of movies I haven't seen and there's very little that I know about them it's only like the things that I love as I grew up into adulthood that I started pursuing at all that my dad loved which was Star Wars and Marvel so I was able to do that but my dad didn't like it I hadn't seen it so I went into this thinking it was going to be another you know, DC movie that was just not done very well. And within the first 10 minutes, I was absolutely hooked. Judging by the score, that's exactly what I would think too. Like, what is Suicide Squad rated? So if this is 60... Four? Like, come on, it has to 68% be like for the Joker on Rotten Tomatoes. And Suicide Squad is at six. So it's like just below it. How, how are those two even comparable? That's my point. People like Suicide Squad when it came out, though. Oh, so Rotten Tomatoes oh, no, it's uh, gave not. it a 26%. Yeah. <laughs> right. no, no one liked Suicide Squad when it came out. That's I watched it in the point. theater, and I remember how bad it was. <sighs> and then the average rating was 4.9 out of 10. The critical consensus is that it was really bad. So 40 out of 100 was based off of critics because they had mixed or average reviews. How could you have mixed or average reviews for that really, really bad movie? Oh my God, Cinema Score gave the Suicide Squad a B plus. 
So How? Zack Snyder's Justice League is a 71% on Rotten Tomatoes. It's higher than Joker. I'm sorry, is this the Justice League that was so bad with CGI and that Superman died in? Spoiler, sorry. Uh, No, he died in He Batman. came back in this yeah, one. Yeah, I never saw them. Just so you know, and I I don't know if I ever want to. Don't see them. Yeah. Don't see them. They're this really is four bad. hours long. Four hours and two minutes, according to this. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I don't I don't know how this scores higher than Joker. I, I mean, I don't know. That's the world we live in. And that's why we don't get nice things very often. No, we don't. So, Abir, where can they find us? Where can they reach us? Where can we get their feedback and their comments? Yeah, if you want to send us some feedback, if you want to give us some suggestions, you can find us on Twitter at The Rival Reviews. That's with an S at the end. You can send us an email to rivalreviews2021 at gmail.com. And so you can go to our Twitter and you can see our email contact there as well. Please keep it civil. We do have feelings, I do at least, Sam, debatable. Yeah, so we're launching on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Google Podcasts. Basically, anywhere you're listening right now is where you're going to find the next episodes. So definitely, you know, follow, subscribe, whatever your platform asks you to do. There's a notification button. Make sure you're hitting that, and you will definitely be getting our next episodes as soon as we launch them. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Bye.